BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car or a house. It's the four wheels that get you where you're going and the four walls that welcome you home. When you combine auto and home insurance with Amica, we'll help protect it all. And the more you cover, the more you can save. Amica, empathy is our best policy. Welcome to Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing. I'm film critic Gary Kogel, and this week we're talking about three terrific new films. I'm excited about all of them. Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. That's the new J.K. Rowling Harry Potter knockoff. And a new writer-director has a film starring Hallie Steinfeld. It's called The Edge of Seventeen. And designer Tom Ford has a brand new, dark, difficult, absolutely brilliant film called Nocturnal Animals. Wow. Yeah. I'm Somalia Haley Hamilton Cogill. I was truly charmed by the magical whimsy of J.K. Rowling's latest offering and found the perfect match to toast the wizardry in all of us. Slide of hand wines from Walla Walla. And it's the week before Thanksgiving, so you probably know what you're going to be serving on your holiday table. But what will you pair with it? I'll have a few ideas later in the show. But Gary, first, let's talk Fantastic Beasts. All right, let's get out the wands. Yeah. We saw this film together. <laughs> I love it. I'm a it. big fan of this film. I thought it was just I thought it was magical. I, 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 I'm going to say right up front, I didn't understand all of it because I did not read the book. But if you're a Harry Potter fan and you're into all the books, you're, you're going to connect with literally every character, every line, everything they say. I love the Harry Potter films. We both yeah. do. I think the Harry Potter films have always been on the highest level. And this is Yates. This is the director of the Harry Potter film, David Yates. He's a British filmmaker. He, not the poet. <laughs> Not the poet, David Yates. But David Yates uh, directed the last four Harry Potter films, and I thought they got okay. better and yeah. better and better. And he's also scheduled to direct all of the Fantastic Beasts oh, movies. Oh, I can't wait. So he, he's locked inside. He did the Tarzan movie earlier this year. I don't know how you can do that legend, uh, you know, the Legend of Tarzan movie earlier and, <laughs> excuse me, Fantastic Beasts, and we're to find them all in the same year. That's, well, they're that's all kind of Fantastic Beasts, then. Well, they all are fantastic. <laughs> Even of- Tarzan's <laughs> a Fantastic Beast. So, it, here, here's the idea. It's, it's also, uh, when she wrote the book back in 2001, she started donating all of the profits to Comic Relief, which was started by Robin Williams and Whoopi Goldberg and, and the group. I think Billy Crystal was part of that. And they've raised over 17 million pounds off the sale of the book, and she wrote it under her her fictitious name, Newt Scamander, <laughs> who is played in the movie because that's a real character right. in the movie right. by Eddie Redmayne. And so, what you have is is a a, a a British guy, a wizard who arrives in America, and there's an entire culture of wizards and beasts in America, but they're not welcome. And they're not welcome very by a large like, part of the population. Well, very much like the real world of Harry Potter. It's, yes, it's the, just that you know the, they're wizards. They're wizards among all of us. It's just they hide. It's just they hide. <laughs> and are they good wizards? They're bad wizards. <laughs> I think they're good. Most of the time, they're good. 
But in, in this situation, I mean, I think it has, I, I think it's kind of an overtly political film without being overtly political, especially in our time after this last election, that you have a whole group of people that are not welcome. And so they're trying to figure out how to get them and get them out of the country. And they're trying to capture them. And they're very mean to them, but they're, but they're wizards and we all like them. And so you have all these new creatures and new beasts and new characters that are, directly connected to the Harry Potter series and really go back to the last book. I think the film takes place in 1925. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it'd be between World War I and World World War II. And, and, but it takes place in America. And I love the music score. I love the little lapel. What is it? It was just a little creature. It's a little little flower. Little, little, yes. It looked like a green stick. Looked like a green, like a green stick bud with leaves. (laughs) Yeah. But he does wonderful things. For, you can unlock new. things, and then there is, uh, you know, the bad guy. Of course, is Colin Farrell in it, and uh, but there's a twist there, and I can't tell you anything. If you've read the book, you'll know the twist at the end. But there's, there's that movie got better and better and better for me. And the more I think about Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, I think it's an A-level film. I think it's one of the best films I've seen so far this year. It's, it was so charming, and I loved Eddie Redmayne in, in this part. It kind of reminded me of, of Eddie Redmayne in some of his early, like, first things that he ever did. He mm-hmm. just had such a, a, a I'm going to say, I was just so charmed, a charming youthfulness to him and and such a a, a genuine... Joy, I, I kind of got. He's kind from of a steady, character. happy wizard. Yeah, he was. It was. Just no matter really, what's going on around him, because all everything is breaking loose around him. He's kind of steady. And, and 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 he has all of these, all of these little friends, all his creatures, and it. That's yeah. what was so. That's what was so so. And he's got him in a suitcase. Yes, and he can go inside the suitcase and take care of them all, which right. I also loved. And yes. he took he took other wizards inside his little suitcase. And they get out of the suitcase <laughs> and create mayhem every once in a while. Well, yes, I, I just love this movie. I'm gonna also say I I think the rating is PG thirteen. Uh, it's PG or PG thirteen. I should know this, but um, it's got a dark streak a mile mm-hmm. wide, just like the Harry Potter films do. And I think a lot of it's because of the the current temperament um, politically, but also, you know, and I don't want to read into all of this in the movie because this movie was all designed and based on a book that was written in two thousand and one. But J.K. Rowling's a genius, and just when I thought, hey, Harry Potter's kind of a wow, good for her on that. These are great too. So I'm, I can't uh, wait for this whole I'm series. On. So it's a it's a magic wand movie. Uh, I want to take everyone I know to see it. What wine do you want to take everyone to drink with watching this film? So this is there's a wine I was introduced, um, talked earlier uh, a few weeks ago on the show about uh, some of the great wines of Walla Walla. And when I was up there this past summer, had a chance to, for the first time, try um, wines that are titled Sleight of Hand. And and I had seen some of these wines before, had never actually tried them because, honestly, I get a little nervous when I see a label that is too stylized. It's too, there's too much going on. And these labels have a lot going on. So the the wine was actually, the winery was started a handful of years ago by winemaker Trey Bush and Jerry and Sandy Solomon. Um, and it was named. He Trey is a is a big Pearl Jam fan. He actually ended up in Seattle working for Nordstroms because he wanted to be close to to Pearl Jam. Oh, so this is he all Northwest stuff. Yes, very yeah, yeah. yes, Walla Walla. Walla. Yeah. Um, ended up uh, kind of got out of of the retail world and and went to Walla Walla and started working for a handful of different wineries. Um, kind of 
learning his way and, and growing as a winemaker in the region, um, and then started Sleight of Hands. And, and all of these wines are very magical. He has an illusionist. He has an enchantress. He has a magician. He has a sorceress. And the labels look, they're, they're these beautiful, um, beautiful detailed uh, depictions of almost old, um, like, like the sideshow, uh, like you'd have the strong man or oh, yeah. you'd have the kind the of sideshows on the state fair. Yes. That, yeah. that sort of thing. Um, and the world's smallest woman, that world's sort of smallest horse. Sort of thing. Um, so they're very, very colorful and detailed and all of this kind of flair on the labels. But the beauty of it is the juice inside because Walla Walla, as we know and love, right. is that's great, great, earthy, mineral intense, volcanic, Missoula flood soils that have created highly, highly complex structured and textured wines. His um, his magician Riesling is actually one that that I, I found to be so um, subtle and and really, really high acidity, really mineral um, mineral rich. Uh, lots of crushed stone, what you very dry, but kind of what you want for a really interesting and lively riesling. Um, he, the wines have actually been dubbed as as one of Washington's new cult wineries by Seattle Magazine, and beautifully, they're also really affordable. I think that the rieslings maybe eighteen. Wow! And then they go up their reds, and it's it's Walla Walla, it's it's Blue Mountain, it's Red Mountain, it's good good fruit um, up to about fifty two dollars. What's the great concert venue up there? There's a concert venue up in Washington, not in. Uh... Well, the, well, where all the bands play, uh, the Gorge. Oh yeah, the Columbia River Gorge. Oh, I, I, where we saw Dave Matthews. Get a bottle of, the, of that wine and yes. go there. Oh, and I would like kill to see Pearl Jam there. Oh, yes, wouldn't it be great? Oh, so, yes. Yeah. Um, so it really, lo- there's another one that he makes that actually looks like a um, a record, uh, like an old. Um, of course, he does. What's the he, like an LP? He, like yes, a record, like an old like a 45? yes. Yes, um, that on the label it's psychedelic Syrah, and it's from the Rocks District. It's really earthy, really really intense, smoky, spicy. Uh, just a great great one. And again, just because he you know named named a wine because yeah. he he loves he loves a band Pearl Jam and I do too. There so you go. Give Somebody better any day. Sleight of hand. <laughs> yeah. Sleight of hand with Harry Potter. Okay, there's another film opening up um, this week that I can't wait to take you to see. I know you haven't seen it. It's called The Edge of 17. So what do you think is the best teenage movie made in the last 10 years? Name one that's really great. Juno? You love, yes. I love, love Juno. Juno. Mm-hmm. I, I think Juno is a really smart, funny, and also very serious film. I would put The Edge of 17 right on that level and maybe even slightly better. Mm-hmm. That's how good I think The Edge of 17 is. It's Hallie Stanfield who was in uh, the remake of True Grit. That's how we found her. Yes, but she's in Begin Again she's that we Begin love. She's in Begin Again because she's Mark Ruffalo's daughter. daughter who knows a little bit about music. And then she was also in... She was in the, the remake of... Um, the, yeah, the, 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 the music starts with a P. Uh, what, what, it'll come to us in a little bit. Anna Kendrick. Anna God, Kendrick. What is that? 
yeah, yeah. Well, they all, well, all should sing show tunes. Oh, it's yes. going to pop into us a little bit. But anyway, she's really great in this song. I think it's an Oscar-level performance. And when you start talking about the great female performances of the year so far, because we're getting into the end of November now, you, you can put Hallie Stanfield, I think, up in the top five or six right now. And and uh, she plays a junior in high school, really awkward, very outspoken, says inappropriate things all the time, struggles with her parents, with her family. Um, her mother is really good, played by Kyra Sedgwick in it. Um, and then goes to school and only has one friend, kind of likes this awkward guy at school. There's a, another awkward guy that flirts with her every day. And she's just a mess. She's just kind of a mess and trying to find herself. And it's really all about high school. What was that movie? Pitch, Pitch Perfect. Perfect. Sorry, yeah, I should she, have known that. She was in the latch, Pitch Perfect mill. And Woody Harrelson Sorry, plays the, the one of her teachers. And she comes in every day and sits down in front of him and just rails against him. And he just lets it all fall off him. And there's a lot to know about his character, too. So it's a girl you don't know about that you figure out. It's a teacher you don't know about and you figure out. And and it's friendship and high school and honest. And she's kind of a potty mouth. So it's an R-rated film with some really rough language. But I think this... I look back at high school films and I go back to American Graffiti. And then I and then I go to Dazed and Confused, Linkletter's film. And then I go to Juno. And then I go to this. And I think they're all. No Breakfast Club in there? Not for me, because those were different. <laughs> I know. Those weren't really it. steeped in reality I as know. much. Yes, Breakfast Club, I'll throw in there. Yeah, so I, I'm a big fan of this film. And if you get a chance to see it, just remember it's R-rated. And uh, she's a potty mouth, but she's really good. And this is an Oscar-level. I think it's an Oscar-level screenwriting and actress film. Wow. It's that good. Now, I want to get to Nocturnal Animals. Can I do this? Tom Ford, the designer, clothing guy, you know, he's High kind of and gorgeous, visionary yeah. guy. Uh, a Simple Man, I think, was his last film with Colin Firth, which I thought was Julian kind of perfect. Moore. Julianne Moore, very melancholy. Oh. This is one tough. So here's the story. It stars Jake Gyllenhaal, and it stars um, Amy Adams, who's great in Arrival. And that's an Oscar level, and this is too. But she, uh, it begins with her married to Army Hammer. And she can, you can tell she's an ice queen and she's a, she runs, um, um, kind of a, what do I want to say, um, an art gallery. She's a big art promoter, but she's never created art. So she's always been melancholy about herself. And she's unhappily married to Army Hammer. But 19 years ago, she was married to Jake Gyllenhaal. And all of a sudden, a book shows up on her door written by her ex-husband saying, here, read this. You inspired me. And the book is dedicated to her. And so she sits down one night where Army Hammer is off on a business trip and she starts reading the book and they reenact the whole book. It takes place in Texas. It's a crime story. Wow. And it's a, it's a husband and wife and a, and a teenage daughter on a road trip to Marfa from Dallas. And they get stopped on the road by a bunch of creepy guys in a, in a car and a truck. And I can't tell you anything else about it. And she relives the whole book and then it goes into her life and her relationship with her mother played by Laura Linney. It's dark. The opening sequence is an art gallery show full of nudes. And the very first thing you wow. see for five minutes in the movie is a whole bunch of, I, I don't know how to say it, but um, immensely obese nudes. And you you watch this for five minutes while the credits roll and it just shocks you. And there's it's a reason there. there's yeah. a reason for it because she runs an art gallery and she finally says we just do trash. Wow. We just do trash. And I I, I find this film this is a top 10 movie for me. And I I find everything about this film fabulous. Tom Ford you know was was born in Texas. I think you I think he grew up in Houston and in Austin. 
and his early life in the suburbs of Houston. But I, I never knew that about Tom Ford. I think of him as this New York, L.A., huge fashion designer. Mm-hmm. But I think he's one of the best filmmakers out there. This is the most difficult R-rated film I've seen all year. It's shockingly to watch. It hurts like crazy. But is it shocking for a reason, or is it shocking because they just want to try to shock you? I don't know. There's so much malice and mayhem going on in this movie by the characters in the book and by her Ice Queen marriage and by her relationship with her mother that there's tragedy going on all around you. Some of it visceral and violent, and then some of it just personal and introspective, all leading up to a, a, a... a s- quiet little ending that I still can't get okay, out of my I wanna, head. Okay, yeah. I'll never I, I, tell, I, I, I'll yes, never tell I wanna, you yeah. that I still can't get it out of my head because it says everything about that film. Hmm. There's nothing There's nothing nice and sweet and friendly and your buddy and your pal going on in this movie. Wow. And yet, it's brilliant and I couldn't take my eyes off it and it scared the ever-loving daylights out of me. Jake Gyllenhaal is great. Amy Adams is great. They're all great in this film, including... Laura Linney in a small part. So I think we have three good films, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, and we've got The Edge of Seventeen, which might be the most approachable of all of them, especially if you're a teenager, and then Nocturnal Nocturnal Animals, Tom Ford's film for adults only. I was going to say, so you have a good, uh, Fantastic Beasts is a good, um, thinking people for Thanksgiving, what are they going to, what can you take your family to? Yeah, it'll be the big moneymaker too. Probably Fantastic Beasts is is the first one. Um, Edge of 17, if you're 17 and older, then, okay. I I don't think I said those in the right order, but I'm going to say that I think they're projecting Fantastic Beasts to do anything over 70 70 or 80 million on this weekend, and I, I think it's north of 100 it's yeah. that good yeah. it's a good film yeah great. so many good things going on hey when we come back on wine and film a perfect pairing let's talk turkey thanksgiving is next week what will you be pouring around your holiday table and a few more movie ideas just to get you ready for the holiday we'll be back welcome back to wine and film a perfect pairing if there's one thing i know about my wife Haley, is that you love Thanksgiving <laughs> and you love the Thanksgiving Day Parade. I do. You love drinking coffee and watching it with our dog Yoda. Well, and I like drinking drinking champagne and, drinking champagne. <laughs> and watching the parade. That's what let, I do. Let's just start off with a blank, a blank slate, but why, why is Thanksgiving so, so, so I, important? I do, to and it's so interesting because we have traveled on a lot of, of Thanksgivings, but I love to cook. I think if, if you could tell me, like, or ask me my favorite meal to cook, it's Thanksgiving. I think uh, I have fantastic memories of of cooking Thanksgiving dinner with my grandmother. And and Doris wasn't a very good cook. She was more of kind of a front-of-the-house person. She did own a restaurant, but I, I doubt she ever thought about trying to cook in her own restaurant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was more the entertainer. Um, but she Was she front-of-the-house? She was very front-of-the-house. Okay. But she, um, and I don't even know if she worked for, she liked to sit on a bar stool with her Jim Beam and Coke and have, have John Lindquist play a little song for her and just say hi to everybody. And that the was, restaurant is it was in? It was in Fayetteville. It in was Fayetteville. Fayetteville, Arkansas. It was called The Farmer's Daughter. It was a great little, it was a fantastic place. Love Doris. football weekend at The Farmer's Daughter was always a, a very, very exciting time. But one thing that, that she did love to do was cook Thanksgiving dinner. And she made the best cornbread, southern cornbread dressing that and that I've ever had in my entire life, mounds of it. I remember us just making mounds and mounds, and I don't even know, I don't think it, the restaurant was closed at this point. I just think she loved to make big, big 
you know, sheet pans. Uh, did she <laughs> do it in sheet dressing. pans? We made a lot of dressing, yes, and a big turkey and what, had a whole bunch of What's the smell of it? What's the smell? Is the smell cornbread that's it's, coming yeah, out? Yeah, and it's cornbread and, and sage and lots of butter and, uh, you know, chicken stock and lots of poultry seasonings and yeah. thyme. It just that... Um, but she, you know, she never made her own cranberry sauce. Bless her heart. I, to the the day I realized that a cranberry was actually a round fruit and not a not a not jello congealed. not a jello mold that you could see the rings of the or can. in the shape of a can <laughs> yeah. when it comes out of the can it's got the the can rings on it. So I, I I have very very happy memories of of Thanksgiving. And as I grew up, um, I know one thing that I also love to do um, aside from drinking coffee is move on to. Drink drinking a good bubble and wow. watching the parade. It was always how I kind of, we, we did a, a number of kind of Friendsgivings for, for years, and I would always start the good bottle of bubbles, watch the parade, and then start cooking. And it's just one, it's just my thing. I love it. And and are you sipping a bubbly while you cook? Well, sure. I mean, that's the whole point. Julia Child knew. You, you, yes. The whole point of cooking is so you can have a cocktail, right? Um, so there are a few things if you are still trying to figure out what you're gonna what you're gonna enjoy with your um, holiday meal this week. I have a few kind of tips uh, to to keep in mind as you're trying to pair. Um, always start with a great bubble, as I said. It's a perfect way to toast your family and your friends in the season. If you are looking for wines, make sure that they're more light to medium body uh, mod- medium bodied wines. So a heavy, hearty Cabernet is not going to f- fly with your Thanksgiving meal. It's just too rich. It's too intense. You'll fall asleep, You'll too. fall asleep, yeah. So you want to look for lower alcohol. You want to look for high acidity. It'll cut through some of the richness. Little or no oak on those wines. Make sure that they're kind of nice, fresh, juicy wines. Um, and then have a few different things, just because if you are entertaining, it's always good to make sure that you have lots of options for your guests. And at the end of the day, though, if you you know, I would recommend not drinking a cab, but if all you do is drink cab and all you want to do is drink cab, then just drink cab. Just be aware you might fall asleep. Is an option for your guests just a full bar? Well, right? absolutely. <laughs> if you come to our house, we know yeah. that here just There's help rum, yourself. there's scotch, there's gin, there's vodka, just, there's the mixers, there's the thing of ice. Well, it's also interesting as as we do live in Dallas that we we have a lot of, of – of Thanksgiving meals that happen around the city that start maybe at two o'clock and then they'll watch the first half of the Cowboy game and then they'll have um, dessert with halftime. So just keep that in mind also because if you do drink your big heavy wines at 2 p.m., you will fall asleep by the end of the Cowboy game. Did you always have Thanksgiving early? No, we are we were like Thanksgiving in the afternoon, but we we didn't watch the cowboy well, game. Well, once I, I finally got into up. Texas, everybody ate at like noon, noon or no, one. No, like, no, I'm still cooking. No, <laughs> you eat. I, I think I after dinner. the game, yeah, at it's six a, it's or six thirty. That's what I always kind of thought it was. But everybody eats dinner. here before, and then they put their hand in their pants and fall <laughs> asleep on the couch. And they're and they're lazy boy. I actually said that. So a few a few actual recommendations though. Domaine Carneros Ultra Brut. We okay. poured it last week for for my. Dallas on Cork Dinner. Love this wine. Zero dosage. Really, really fresh. Really crisp. If you're a rosé fan, 
Moet and Chandon's Rosé Imperial Classic Champagne. Um, I like Chardonnay with Thanksgiving. I do too. I think it's a nice, it's a little bit richer maybe than some of the the lighter white wines that you can have. But I, I think that that actually melds really nicely with um, with the bird. Uh, Jordan, we love from Russian River. Uh, also from, yes. from Willamette Valley, I think one of the best Chardonnays in the whole region and and a winery that also sells a lot of their fruit to other winemakers because they grow such great Chardonnay is Stoller. So their reserve Chardonnay, really crisp, a little bit um, richer than just their regular Chardonnay. The reserve has a little bit more texture, I think, but again, great with that, um, great with your bird. Yes. Um, for, I think Pinot Noir, if you're going to just have one white and one red, have a great Chardonnay and have a great Pinot. Pinot Noir with Thanksgiving is really the the best pairing with everything on your table because it's genuine. It's usually great acidity. Even if it has a little bit of oak, it's not going to overwhelm um, the other flavors, and it's going to go well with your turkey. It's going to go well with pretty much any kind of dressing that you have, from cornbread to oyster to. I don't even you know yeah. sausage or whatever kind of dressing you actually make. Great with your um, sweet potatoes. Great with a nice salad. Great with butternut squash soup. All those kinds of things go really nicely with uh, Pinot Noir. Adelsheim, uh, David Adelsheim just released his his first wine in several years. We talked about it a few weeks ago on the show called Breaking Ground Pinot Noir from the Shahela Mountains. A little bit lighter than some of the other options that that he has made. Some of his single vineyards. I think this is a like the ideal uh, pairing for. I Thanksgiving. agree because it is so light. It is. It's really and it's delicious. And it's so soft. There's such a nice subtlety. Yeah. It has great acidity, but it's also really soft and really fresh. There's no bite back on that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, another region that I just love Pinot Noir from, kind of a, a still up and coming region, is Anderson Valley, California. So kind of far north, north of Sonoma, um, kind of right close to to the Pacific Coast. You're going to have a lot of kind of coastal cool. Uh, cooling influences from the ocean. Uh, Maggie Hawk is one winery that's up there. There, Jolie. It's uh, Maggie Hack Hawk was a, a, a is a, a horse. Um, it was a group of of race horses, and there were several different horses that were kind of part of this Maggie Hawk. Um, I want to say all of her, all of her stables. Yes, yeah. um, and Jolie's one of the kind of the the lighter ones, the prettier ones, really floral and red fruit, really, really um, very approachable, and and just a really luscious, lovely wine. Also, always love a great wine from Suduri. We love Adam and Diana um, Suduri. They're Santa Lucia Highlands. Uh, so a great wine. A little bit s- south of of Sonoma, um, some of the the most um, well known vineyards for Pinot Noir come from this region, including Pisoni and um, Gary Francioni. So some really great fruit going into the Suduri Pinot Noir. Again, a little bit lighter, not maybe as earthy as some of the Willamette Valley options. I think if you if you want something, maybe a juicer, a juicier Pinot Noir, look for a California one. Pally also makes some some really beautiful ones yes, that we that we enjoy, and also Pally has some really nice ones for a really great price point. I want to say they're about twenty dollars for their Huntington and their um, Summit. We've had a few times, really 
great wines. And those are great Pinots, all of those. Yeah, those are I, think, fantastic. I think they're fantastic. Yeah. Um, also, if you want to do something a little non-traditional, though, um, Riesling's a great option, as is maybe a Simeon. Simeon's from, uh, traditionally from the, the Berg, uh, Bordeaux area of France. It's a little bit richer, I think, than a Sauvignon Blanc, so not quite as crisp, but really refreshing. Um, and a Barbera from, from mm-hmm. Italy. I think there's great acidity from the Piemonte region of, of Italy. Ricos is one that I'm always a fan of. Or just drink a rose, because if you're if you're still drinking rosés as it's still been hot in in Dallas, rosé is a great option any time of year, especially I think with Thanksgiving. A rosé of Pinot Noir, Adelson makes a great one. Stoller, McRosty, um, Soder. There's some really really special ones out there. So. Yeah, if you're going to start, if say you don't want the Chardonnay, right. if you're going to have a third one there. Have a rosé, rose. absolutely. A rose and, and and I would I would really kind of and, yeah. emphasize a rosé of Pinot Noir. I think that that's instead of maybe like a rosé of Syrah or since or not as much a Provence style, but more of like yeah. a like something nice from Willamette or even something from Loire or from um, Burgundy or something like that. So I want to I want to relive a story with you. So we flew to New York City on Thanksgiving one weekend. We did, and we watched the parade. That in you, person. In person that you always watch. And I've watched, too, for years yes. growing up. Because we love that first part of the show where they do the Broadway show yes. tunes. Yes, You know, and that's in front of Macy's, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, but but when you see the giant dirigibles. All the— I call them dirigibles. All the balloons. The floaties. <laughs> the big, giant floats. Yes. Oh, and there's Snoopy coming around the corner. and, and the big, We saw the big panda. We saw Hello Kitty. We saw, we saw a big th- Spider-Man crawling on the buildings. Yeah, we were there. We Wasn't that kind of magical time. for you? It was. I just love, I think that if you're going to travel someplace during the holidays, New York is the best place in the holidays. I think that the, the window decorations, I mean, I'm a big yeah. miracle on 34th Street. I know everybody watches football on Thanksgiving Day. That's the f- movie, though, that I want to watch because it, to me, is like the perfect kickoff to the whole season. To the whole holiday season. And and to see the the magic in the windows and and how every every store decorates so beautifully and 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 all the lights and Rockefeller Center and the big tree. It's it's just Yeah, it's you go to the skating a, rink, you go to the one in Central Park and yeah. then you go to Rockefeller Center. So where did we eat on Thanksgiving? We had Day? dinner. We had uh, a l- very late lunch at Le Cirque and it was But it was a long lingering lunch. It was. We we like I think we went at like three thirty yeah. and then we finished at seven or so. So it was, it was, it was very we had a very long multi course dinner and it was just beautiful. Great service. And then I'll never forget we went to Forgione's went to Mark, Mark Forgione. Forgione's, called Forgione's, down down uh, near the Trade Center. Near, um, uh, in the Flatiron. In the Flatiron District. District yeah. Well, that's one of my favorite meals I've ever had. Well, and he, we were lucky to sit next to some of his, um, some regulars. of his regulars yeah. that had, I think their daughter had come back for Thanksgiving or something, and he brings out this special little something for them, and I, I am... I think I I was salivating on this poor woman's like table so it showed much. Showed up in a mason jar. He brought like an a truffle. He brought a truffle eggs pasta something or other that he in a mason jar that he then opened and shaved. shaved. Fresh white truffles from Piemonte into the mason jar on top the ma- of the egg. Yes, and then closed it and let it all kind of marry, marry, and then opened it. And I just the aroma of this this egg truffle heaven. 
at the table next to us, I think they they might have offered us some just so I would. We started I would, talking to I them. Would, I would I would stop <laughs> leaning in on their table. Not to bother you during this Thanksgiving weekend, <laughs> but my wife is moaning over here because the smell of truffle and also Forgione had just one Iron Chef. Yeah, it was like a within the ago. week. Yeah, yeah, it was a few. And so yeah, we yes. were a little geeky we and started because we had followed his whole because we had whole followed time all that. And, and it's a casual restaurant. I mean, it's kind of like a neighborhood joint. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not. It's big, beautiful. It's yeah. not overly expensive it's not inexpensive but you feel it's like you could walk in in jeans and yeah. a sport jacket and sit down and have this great new york so i've been back there three or four times you know when i was up there making a film i would go sit at the bar and just order appetizers and a glass of wine and thought i was in heaven at yeah. four Jones. yeah isn't that isn't that fun, it was so, fun. so i start watching love actually around thanksgiving and we'll talk about love actually a lot over the holidays because if there's, I know there's, I know it's a wonderful life, and I know all these movies are coming out in theaters. But like every Christmas. time Love Actually comes on TV, and I'm not losing my guy card over this because Love Actually is because I'm in touch with I, you're I'm in very touch, in touch with your I'm in touch with enough estrogen to get this. <laughs> but Love Actually knocks me out. And I like every little bit and piece. I love that. I love Emma Thompson in that film. I love Emma Thompson anyway. And I love, I love, well, oh my Laura God, Linney the great Alan so, Rickman, yes, who just, Alan, stop yourself, just stop. <laughs> and then it's Liam Neeson. And, the whole, and a very, very young Kira Knightley. And a very young Kira Knightley. And who's the guy? Well, and then it's Walking Dead Man is, is the, is... Is who has a crush on her, it's the which walk. is which is crazy, <laughs> because he sounds like such a, a southern a southern ranger in Walking Dead, and he's like yeah. Mister. Uh, but it's the cast is incredible. They the have, Italian woman with Colin Firth is she Italian? She's Portuguese. She's Portuguese. Yes. I'm close. Next yes. to Spain. Yes, because she says obrigado. Oh, um, well, and and it's just one of the most charming, and I think for all of those, because so many films have tried to now kind of create mm-hmm. this ensemble cast of various stories that all somehow are intertwined, and none of them really work. No, and there'll be a couple come out this Christmas, and sometimes the bad ones come out before Thanksgiving, where they do Christmas. Beware of any Christmas, Christmas film that comes out before Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. There's a reason for that. Just watch Love Actually Man, and I, the soundtrack, and I just want that sweet. Oh, that's. I, I, I love the last 35 minutes with you. I mean, I love talking about these wines, these sparklers. I love talking about these movies. Next week on Wine and Film, A Perfect Parent, a film called Allied. It's with Brad Pitt, and it's with Marion Cotillard. And the studios also push Warren Beatty's new film, co-starring his wife, Annette Benning, uh back a week. Rules Don't Apply opens on, on uh, next week, and we will both see the films, and we'll both talk about it and, and give our opinions. Yeah. Allied and Rules Don't Apply. Yeah, I think we were going to talk about Rules Don't Apply this week, but because they yeah, pushed, we pushed it back, it. We, yeah. we pushed it back, too. So, yes. for more on any of the films or any of these wines that we talked about today, I know I went through kind of a long list for the Thanksgiving wines, um, be sure to check out our blog on com or through our Facebook page. Follow Gary on Twitter at Gary Cogill. And to see what we're drinking now, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Dallas Uncorked. And with that, I'm Gary Cogill. And as usual, I'm looking for the next great film. And I'm Haley Hamilton Cogill, always in search of a great glass of wine. Join us next time on Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. 
It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Every day, our world gets a little more connected, but a little further apart. But then there are moments that remind us to be more human. Thank you for calling Amica Insurance. Hey, uh, I was just in an accident. Don't worry, we'll get you taken care of. At Amica, we understand that looking out for each other isn't new or groundbreaking. It's human. Amica, empathy is our best policy.